Hey everybody, welcome back to the Be Your Own Bank podcast. It's that time of the week, the weekly roundup. Hey guys, thanks for tuning back in. This week we've got a lot to cover, so we're going to get right into it. First, we want to talk about how Celsius has just frozen all withdrawals, what that means for investors, us being Celsians. Jesus. Yeah, real bad. Um, where we think this is going to go and how this is going to affect the whole market. Additionally, we want to talk about this new NFT system that Vitalik is introducing called Soulbound Tokens. And finally, we want to end with a little bit of levity um, where Seth Green got his board ape back and how that happened. It's a little it's a little funny, but we'll get into that. So to start, Celsius just froze all withdrawals. They're still paying out interest. Doesn't really matter if I can't access my money. But uh, not good. Someone no. just posted today they got $450 in interest from Celsius. But Oh, wow. Real nice. However, they can't take it out. And people are freaking out on Twitter, rightly so. I've been calling a lot of people to let them know, maybe pull their money out of uh, other centralized exchanges because if one is the top one is failing, there's probably some issues in some of the other ones. And that has been the case, although they were bailed out by Samuel Bankman Freed. Well, what other top? That was the top one, really? Celsius, yeah, was, uh, I believe, number one for lending. They, at one point, I believe, last May, had about $25 billion in assets under management. Okay. And that dropped to a little under $12 billion recently. As of now? Yeah. Okay. But I don't even know if it's even close to that right now. I don't think it is. Yikes. Okay. So yeah. what happened? So basically what happened was, as everybody knows, the market went down quite a bit. Um, and Celsius, actually let's back up before that we talked about Terra Luna crashed. Celsius had some exposure to UST. I believe they pulled some of that out, but people started losing faith in some of these centralized finance. UST was decentralized, but a lot of these platforms, I guess, were gaining a lot of interest from UST so that they could pay those high rates of eight to nine to 10%. Voyager, BlockFi, Nexo, Celsius specifically. And so people started getting scared. They started running on the bank, pulling their money out. And Celsius had to say, wait, we don't have that money liquid. We don't have it available to pay everybody out. So they put a freeze on the account, of course, causing more hysteria. Right. Um, and people were pulling money out of Nexo, BlockFi, out of Voyager. And Samuel Bankman-Fried came in and did a bailout, basically gave a $250 million credit line to BlockFi, a $500 million credit line to Voyager, so that if they don't have the funds liquid, they have that credit line to help restore some trust, at least, and to hedge the market downturn so that they don't go bankrupt. Right, but basically they are going bankrupt because... All of this should have been able to be weathered by a company as big as Celsius. But right. as we've come to find out, they were basically taking our money and betting on other higher level Ponzi schemes. Yeah, they made some bad investment choices with UST. They lost, I think, 50 plus million in a Badger Dow hack. Um, I believe they had exposure to Three Arrows Capital as well, which is a hedge fund that is having a lot of trouble and owes Voyager specifically about $700 million. So Voyager's trying to get that back. So it's just everybody is too focused on similar investments. And so when they fail, they all fail. Well, and I think it's basically 
everything's good when it's good and in the bull market yeah everybody's happy because everybody's making money and everybody can leverage their money and it just goes up 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 but then what goes up must come down as we always say and they got caught with their pants down well and it seems like they didn't have a good fail safe plan they had, they had no fail they had no plan. no plan nexo so far does um i've still got money in nexo pulled most of it out just because I mean, who knows? Yeah. Who knows if, if they're going to be able to weather this storm? I mean, BlockFi and Voyager are only weathering it because they got bailed out. Yeah. So this isn't looking good. And I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to be reasonable with my risk management, which is, sure, I'm getting 6% interest, but that's going to take 12 years to double. Is that is that 12 years a reasonable amount of time to expect these companies to survive to double my money or to potentially lose it all. Right. Because if they have custody of your assets, since it is a centralized platform, we have mentioned that before, but this is like, this is the nuke. This sucks. Like This, this really just, sucks. Yeah. You know, you, you think that this is the revolution coming to your door and then you realize, well, if there's no regulation, which time and time again, we say we want regulation. If there's none of that, then we're basically trusting these online companies who have good software developers, but they don't have a lot of bridge underneath their feet. So if it crumbles, we all drown. Well, and of course they have this all in their terms and conditions, which everyone scrolls and clicks accept. But it says, you know, when you put money into Celsius, it's theirs now. And they can use that in, you know, court filings and bankruptcy filings. They have full control of your coins. The saying goes, not your keys, not your coins. Meaning if you don't have access to your wallet, full control of your wallet, like a hard hardware wallet or a client-centered wallet like Exodus, then that centralized authority, including Coinbase, has full power over your money. And Coinbase actually had to put this in their terms and conditions. They said it was just for legal reasons. But if they had to file for bankruptcy, they could use your money to pay their lawyers, to pay litigation, pay all of that stuff. Yeah. And the other thing about Celsius that I think is important to note is when you invest in them, you're an unsecured creditor, meaning that if- Nothing. You're nothing. You're nothing. Yeah. So <laughs> if, if they file for bankruptcy, you're the last on the totem pole. You have a, an account that is accumulating interest that you will never have access to. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst case scenario. We're hoping that they can figure this out or they get bailed out by some entity. Um, Goldman Sachs currently is raising $2 billion to buy their assets in the case of bankruptcy. And you might be like, oh, well, that's good, right? But what that really means is Goldman Sachs gets a discount on $3 billion worth of Bitcoin and other assets. And then they get that for and they have no accountability. And they have no accountability, back. but yeah. Celsius has the accountability from from the sale. But they get to pay off their lawyers. They get to pay off their legal team. They hired restructuring analysts um, from Citibank, from a bunch of different big firms, and they get paid first. Their um, secured creditors get paid first. I don't know specifically who that is because it's not us. Right. And then we get a prorated crumbs we get the we get the leftovers if that, prorated but i mean yeah. that's the that's the benefit of bankruptcy is you basically get out of jail free card it's like oops we messed up yep bye yeah so what what's the worst case scenario is you lose everything and the best case scenario is citigroup makes a billion dollars no not citigroup goldman oh, sachs goldman sachs okay same difference come on yeah 
that's the best case scenario? No, no. The best case scenario is they find a way to get liquid again, have enough money on the accounts to pay out the bank run when they reopen because you know that everybody's going to pull their money out once they have access to it, if they get access to it again. So best case scenario, they figure out some miracle way out of this situation or they get bailed out. Then you're able to pull your money out. Um, but worst case scenario is they file for bankruptcy. Goldman Sachs comes in, swoops up your money at a discount, and then you get the crumbs. And they walk away into the night. Yeah. So really bad situation. Oh, okay. So because we talk about this all the time that yeah. like CFI and DeFi, it's the future. Everybody's yeah clamoring for these higher interest rates and all that, which, you know, obviously hindsight is... 20% is too high, of course. Yeah. And 10% seems too high. Nexo seems to be in the current sweet spot, which we don't know if they're actually doing what they say they're doing. Well, the one thing that they have going for, or they have a couple things going for them is they have an audit, auditor called Armanio that has been around for 50 plus years, um, even more than that. And they, they independently audit Nexo's books every day at 2 a.m. Central time. Okay. And so far, even with this, you know, run on the bank situation, Nexo lost a lot of um, assets under management within the last few weeks. Uh, they are still 100% over collateralized. So they have more money on their books to cover their debts than they have debts. And so, so far, they're able to handle this situation without having to freeze or having to be bailed out. Well, and they also were their inception was in 2017 which was before the last bull run they obviously made it past 2018 2019 when we saw the complete correction yeah. of the last bull market so that bodes well for them too but i just it's it's unfortunate because what is the solution i mean they you can't trust cfi defi you can't trust your bank how do you possibly fight inflation yeah i mean real estate <laughs> Sure. Or in the crypto space. In the crypto space, I mean, what I'm seeing right now because I'm becoming extra conservative, my moon boy self is, you right. know, going back into my hole. But um staking is one thing. I mean, that cuts out the middleman if you do it yourself. And um, once again, staking is staking is just putting up your 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 crypto bags, your ether, your polka dot, whatever, whatever allows staking Cardano. And you're putting it in the blockchain to be a validator. So you're getting paid to validate based on your proof of stake. Right. So instead of proof of work, which takes up a lot of energy, right. proof of stake is the community validating transactions and you're getting paid the percentage. So it's, yeah, that is a better way to do it than trusting a third party right. and you're, bank. You're, yeah. And you're just trusting the blockchain, which is more trustworthy, which is secure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or has been tried and tested more than, you know, a central authority. The other thing too is, you know, you can take everything into your own hands, which I personally don't trust myself that well, but you can put it all on a flash drive and just sit on it under your mattress or in a safe or a wherever bank vault. Right. So a hard wallet, <clears throat> yeah. put all your crypto in a hard wallet, stash it somewhere safe. Come back in 10 years and you're, you know. And you'll be in inflation. You'll have exactly the same amount. You'll have the same amount of coins, but if, which we still believe, the market will correct and go up higher, right? You're going to beat inflation there. 
um, you're just, you know, you're not going to get any more interest, any more coins. Yeah. So, but that's the trade-off. But that's the safest. That's the safest. Yeah. yeah. And we're still saying to you, your bank is not the safest. No, it's not. All right. Moving on to something a little bit more future oriented because Vitalik doesn't rest. He just keeps going. So he introduced this new idea for NFTs. We we think of NFTs as this, you know, metaverse art collector for the rich, you know, trading card game. Yeah. Right. But Vitalik, founder of Ethereum, co-founder of Ethereum, he's saying, you know what? Crypto doesn't just have to be, or blockchain doesn't just have to be financial. There can be other use cases for it. And thus comes soulbound NFTs. And so his idea for it is kind of interesting. It comes from a game called World of Warcraft, where you gain an item by doing this rigorous quest, but the item is soulbound to your character. So your character is the only one in the game that can have this item. You can't, it's non-transferable. So we look at NFTs now, they're all transferable. You buy a picture of an ape, you can send it to somebody else, you can sell it. Um, you can send it to another account of yours, totally transferable. And the argument is that this just leads itself to the rich getting richer and hoarding all of these assets. But if we create a token that can't be moved, then what's the use of that, right? right. What's the use? Because it doesn't have any extrinsic value. You can't really, you can't sell it because it's it's just yours. But the value does come from this idea that Vitalik talks about called proof of attendance. So what does that mean? Imagine you're a student and you have to go to a conference and prove that you went to this conference and Let's say you get a soulbound token that that shows that you you attended this conference for credit or whatever. for credit, right? Or sure. maybe you're a, a doctor and you need continuing education, right? That's one use of it, right? Is to prove that you did something, or or even your diploma, right? You or your diploma, right? Your whole diploma in your you know your lockbox on the blockchain. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing too is this idea of proof of humanity. So putting those two things together is that you can verify your identity, but also keep it private. So think of all the applications where you have to put in your social security number and trust this third-party entity. Think of you know centralization, right? We're trusting Celsius, we're trusting banks, but we're also trusting all these different entities to store very personal information, private information that if stolen could be detrimental and be a huge process. Right. Right. So imagine if we could store our soul, right? The essence of who we are, our social security number, birthday, blood type, blood type. If you could store that encrypted on the blockchain and prove who you are without having to disclose all this personal information, you can take that idea, mix it with soul bound NFTs. And now it's undeniable that you did this thing or you achieved this goal and it's non-transferable. Well, and it might not even be interesting to somebody else who's not trying to use it for malicious purposes. The idea that came to my mind, which I've thought about for a while, but I think this idea of soul-bound tokens makes it more viable is voting. Oh. Right? Think about how many people claim a voter fraud and 
all the money that's huge. It's huge. All the money that goes into tallying votes, retallying votes, all the machines, all the the issues and and mistakes mistakes that happen. I mean, there are votes that go uncounted. There are duplicate votes. It may not be enough to turn the tide, but it is enough to lose trust. Right. And trust is inherent to any democracy. And if you can promise that there's that it's trustless, right? Then you then that's not an argument. And no, you know, dead people can't vote. You know, right? So right. imagine, imagine your your soul bound, you know, block identity is linked to a voter account that you have on your phone, and every four years or every election cycle, you're given a NFT. Soulbound NFT that you get to select which candidate gets that airdrop to. Yep. You know, and it's a simple app. You open the app. If it's the right time frame to vote, you've got a picture of all the candidates. You yep. just select one, hit send. They get that token airdropped. We can tally the votes in real time. It's still anonymous because it's linked to your ID so they can prove that you voted, but they don't know who you voted for. Yep. And then... um. Yeah, you can. Ta- the votes are tallied in real time. They don't have to be retallied because the blockchain doesn't make mistakes. And then we know. And then. And it's secure and it's safe. Only issue then becomes old people who don't have technology. So that's fine. Right. You'd we have to do the f- old way. Phase it out. Yeah. Right. You'd have mail-in ballots and whatever, but still do all that. This would allow you not to have to leave your house, or if you don't have Wi-Fi, most people have a cell phone. Go to a Starbucks or even go to the library. You can sign in with your account. And then that way too, people couldn't say, oh, I didn't have time to vote. Or they couldn't be disenfranchised by not having time to vote because it's on their phone. When they couldn't have their vote bought or their account, you know, stolen and and have someone vote for them because it's bound to their identity. But that doesn't happen. But you're I'm, right. It doesn't. You couldn't use the argument. I'm just saying you couldn't use the argument at yeah, that point. Exactly. Yeah. Is that it's a dead issue. Yep. At that point is that, no, this is trustless. This is secure. We have real time audits. We have real time audits yeah. and you'll know, you'll know who won today. Right. Not in three weeks or right. a month. Yeah. So, I mean, all we that. don't have to recount because the count is a hundred percent valid. Yep. Yeah, it's you're gonna you're gonna lose some jobs, right? It's the people that rely right. on that, right? Right. But also some of those jobs kind of suck. You know, sitting in a polling place all day as a volunteer, not getting paid. I don't think they would hate that if they no. didn't have that job. No. And anybody can look at the blockchain and see who's got what votes. And right. then the candidate can't send their vote anywhere else. It's it's bound to their account. Yep. And then you just repeat. Rinse and repeat every yeah. two to four issue years. Issue a new, you have your third party government contractor issue a new set of NFT tokens that then the the voters get the the right to send once. Nobody waiting in line. It's all produced by algorithms and you have a clean election with zero fraud. Sounds pretty cool. I like it. I don't think anyone's going to go for it. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. But the idea of taking blockchain crypto into a realm of non-financial use yeah. that has a lot of benefits is a cool idea. And really cool. And Vitalik's already on it. Seems like he's the trailblazer for all this stuff. He is a very smart guy. Yeah, he is. So Soulbound, keep a lookout for that. It's still really new. 
we'll keep you updated if anything gets added to this this space. Finally, want to end with some levity, funny story that happened to Seth Green. The Seth Green? The Seth Green, oh, wow. who was Brian on Family Guy, or is Brian. Are they yeah. still making Family Guy episodes? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. So Seth Green bought a board ape, which, as some of you may know, are very expensive. There's only 10,000 of them. And he was planning to utilize the intellectual property because you get that when you buy a board ape. You can exploit it to the extent of the law. And he was going to create a show called White Horse Tavern. Starring. Starring Fred, Fred Simeon, Simeon. Which is what he named, just what he named the board ape. Because it's an ape. Yeah. So Fred and Simeon, it's clever. I like it. Yeah. Anyways, he accidentally got fished. His board ape got stolen. So he had to halt production of this show because if you don't have the ape, you don't have the rights to it. The guy who stole it? Could, could sue him. Could sue him, right. Yeah, which is insane. I'm sure he wouldn't do that because then he'd make himself known and then that'd be another legal battle. Anyways, it got sold to this um, this account called Darkwing84, otherwise known as Mr. Cheese, pseudo-anonymous guy. And two, He has two pseudonyms? Yeah. Mr. Cheese and, and Darkwing84. Darkwing we don't know if he was the hacker. We know that he did pay over 100 Ether for this bored ape from the hacker. Right. Could have been a wash, could have been a you know, a whatever, a shady deal. So wait, what you're saying is Darkwing84 owns the night and an NFT? Um, we're not we're not sure if he was the hacker, but we do know that he forced Seth Green to pay. We He was hoping to not have to pay, but Seth Green had to pay upwards of $260,000, which is over 100,000 more than Jeez. he originally got it for, to get this NFT back so that he can continue, continue production of his show. So he did. He paid for it. And uh, he said that Fred Simeon is now home. But uh, yeah, that was the roundup. All right, let's take a look at those charts. All right, let's take a look at Bitcoin. Right now we're at 20,700. We dipped down to 17.5 last week with our next move down. It happened a little bit quicker than we expected, but the Celsius thing was driving the market. Now we've bounced and are hovering at that 20K support. Hopefully that holds. If it does, we'll continue to grind and range for a little bit and potentially get a bounce. We've been waiting for a bounce. We're due for a bounce. The fear and greed index is low, low, low. So hopefully that comes before our last leg down, but you never know. If we're taking a look at this previous measured move, it is very similar to the current measured move in the 16 to 17 K range. So we could come back, test that 17, 16, five, test it and move up to get our final relief rally before moving down to 10 to 15 K. If we take a look at this chart, we've got our Elliott wave formation. We talked about wave four could be our relief rally before the final wave down. Hopefully that's the case. I'm going to be looking at the 24 to 28 range for some profit-taking opportunities. If we look here, our Fibonacci retracements, the previous move, we got a rally to the 382. If we get the same rally to the 382, that would be looking at 28 or so. So it's very possible to come back and hit the 30, likely around the 25 range. It definitely seems like there's more blood in store. And if there's another implosion of Celsius magnitude, then it could get ugly. All right, let's take a look at total market cap. Same thing, right? We've come down and 
touch the 800 million mark. We've got a chance to come back over a trillion dollars in total market cap. But realistically, the next move down will probably put us in the five to 700 million range, which is still technically twice the value of the previous bear market, but it's not so fun when you're writing it down. All right, let's take a look at dollar cost averaging. I've got VeChain. VeChain, we've talked about it before. VeChain's right at two and a half cents right now, peaked at almost 30 cents. VeChain's a good opportunity at the moment. Next, we have Polkadot. Same thing. We're hovering around the lows here. Not too much more room to go down. Just under $8 could be a good opportunity. And lastly, Ethereum. Ethereum's been beat up. And if we do get a rally, that rally could take us close to 2K. So take a look at Ethereum. That's it for the charts, gang. We are the Bit Bros. Remember, we are not licensed financial advisors. All content is intended for educational purposes only. Please do your own research and only risk what you're willing to lose. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Please remember to like and subscribe. We also appreciate your comments. And you can check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next week. 